save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mitchell Jamerson, Safety from Wisconsin, and you're listening to the Fin Side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Fin Side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. With the NFL Draft Fast approaching, Paul and I are going to spend the next uh, 30 minutes or so with a round one NFL mock draft, what we expect teams to do. Paul's going to take the evens. I'm going to take the odds. We're also going to park at a few different spots, too, when the Dolphins pick at 11 and after the first round is complete. We'll take a look at some top names that we're eyeing at number 42 in the second round should the ball, should the, uh, excuse me, board fall the way we predict in round one. Paul, let's get right into it. We've got 32 picks. I'm going to go number one with the Cleveland Browns. You know, it seems like like a pretty clear right now that the Browns are going quarterback, whether that is Sam Darnold or Josh Allen is really up in the air. But I do think they will go with Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming. A couple of reasons. Uh, number one is new general manager John Dorsey was part of a brain trust that that acquired Brett Favre, saw those tools develop there. Also, last year, traded a future first-round pick to get Pat Mahomes. So with Tyrod Taylor, their starting quarterback, I see them able to roll the dice a little bit at the quarterback spot. Take Josh Allen with the number one pick. I don't hate that pick. I mean, it, it's we all know they're very, very likely to go quarterback. I think it could be Allen. It could be Darnold. I can see where they would go Allen. For me, the Giants are going to be one of the biggest X factors for this draft. I know a lot of folks have them going quarterback. I feel like they should go quarterback, but I know a couple other folks in the equation are Bradley Chubb, the defensive end, Quentin Nelson, the offensive guard, because they really do need offensive line help, and also Saquon Barkley is in the equation here for these guys. Ultimately, the Giants have been seeking a running back for years, and I, I think they're going to buck what they should do here, and I think they're going to go Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to be great for these guys, but Eli Manning is not getting any younger, and it, it's surprising to me, but I do think they actually go running back with Saquon Barkley. Number three, this provides an interesting situation for the Jets because Baker Mayfield is there. Sam Darnold also falls down to this number three pick, and I, I take a look at them at that, that number three spot. When, when the Jets traded three second rounders to move up from six to three, my theory on this is that 
they had to be confident that a player was going to be there that they liked, and they eyed one specific player. And that had to be, had had to have been Baker Mayfield, because I can't see how they would predict Sam Darnold would be there. I can't see how they would predict Saquon Barkley would be there if, if that was somebody they were looking at. It had to have been Baker Mayfield. I think they're looking to really change the image there with the New York Jets. So Baker Mayfield is the pick at number three. They stick with their guns and they take they take him over Sam Darnold here. All right, so two quarterbacks are off the board already. I think the Browns are going to be a little pissed that the Giants took Saquon Barkley. I think they thought they could get their quarterback at one and their running back at, at, at four. But given the fact that he is off the board, I think the Browns go ahead and solidify their defense now. They grab Bradley Chubb, arguably one of the best players in this draft by far, and they create a tandem of defensive ends to, to really wreak havoc on backfields for the next 10 years. So they go Bradley Chubb here at four. Yeah, and I'll even go a step further. I think that if Saquon Barkley is there at four, I still think they would take Bradley Chubb. I mean, for the, that exact reason, you, you pair Chubb opposite Miles Garrett, you've got a formidable tandem here for the next 10 years. Number five, I think the Broncos in this situation are elated to see Sam Darnold still on the board at number five. I mean, I know they signed Case Keenum in free agency, but that looks to be, you know, a two, right around a two-year plan for them. Case Keenum is on the wrong side of 30, so this really provides some great upside for them. So the third quarterback goes off the board at number five to the Denver Broncos, and that's Sam Darnold. Ultimately, I think that the Colts here could consider going quarterback with, with Josh Rosen still out there. But I don't think they do. I, I think they're putting all their eggs in the Andrew Luck basket, and, and a big part of putting their eggs in the Andrew Luck basket is going to be keeping him upright this season. With Quentin Nelson, the number one player on a lot of people's boards out there, still on the board, and somebody that can come in and maul people in front of Luck, I, I think they're going to run to the podium and go ahead and make this pick here, trying to keep Andrew Luck healthy. At number seven, to me, it would be between one or two people here. It would be... Minka Fitzpatrick, the cornerback slash safety out of Alabama, and Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. Denzel Ward has started to really move up draft boards here, and I think he ends up being the pick over Minka Fitzpatrick at number seven. They've got Brent Grimes at one cornerback spot, but he's in his mid-30s now. Vernon Hargraves has been a huge uh, disappointment for them in his first two seasons. Denzel Ward, at the very least, is going to come in and immediately be your number three cornerback, probably your first or second. And they make that their number one cornerback for the foreseeable future. Denzel Ward's off the board. Both safeties are still sitting there. Chicago was hoping Quentin Nelson would fall to them. Unfortunately, he didn't. And I think Chicago here is going to make a run at Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he comes in, starts to rebuild that secondary in Chicago a little bit back towards what it used to be, and really becomes an impact player for these guys all over the field. Number nine, I, I had trouble thinking about this one because the, the 49ers could go in a lot of different spots. And ultimately, where I see them going is is actually Derwin James, the strong safety. It, it would be it would be heartbreaking to see this a few spots ahead because he'd be a huge consideration there for the Dolphins. But now, I, 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 when you when you pair him back there at, at at safety, 
with Jimmy Ward, with Richard Sherman, with Akilah Weatherspoon, you really have a, a formidable defensive backfield for San Francisco. It makes a lot of sense here. Unfortunately for the Dolphins, the Raiders have been completely linked all over the place, almost every mock draft on the planet. If he falls to them, they're taking him. And a guy that I know we had really high on our list for the Dolphins was Roquan Smith, and ultimately the Raiders need to help at linebacker, and he's the guy at number 10 here, breaking a lot of Dolphin fans' hearts. So now we get to the number 11 pick, and this is where we're going to park a little bit, because taking a look at, at these first 10 picks, going back, number one, the, the Browns take Josh Allen. Number two, the Giants take Saquon Barkley. Three, the Jets go with Baker Mayfield. Four, Browns, Bradley Chubb. Five, Broncos with Sam Darnold. Six, the Colts with Quentin Nelson. Seven, Bucks with, with Denzel Ward. Eight, the Bears take Minka Fitzpatrick. Nine, the 49ers take Derwin James. Ten, the Raiders take Roquan Smith. I would say, Paul, at this point, when you look at how the board has fallen right here, the, and, and this is very possible that the that that the board falls this way. I would say this would be a worst case scenario right now for the Dolphins at eleven. Wouldn't you agree? I think it's a pretty bad one. I mean, it, it's definitely our top three guys are off the board here, and you know, given the fact that Miami should have Kenny Vaccaro in the fold uh, by all reports, you know, the safety needs aren't as big going into the season. But the fact that Roquan Smith's off the board kind of leaves you in a scenario where you're looking at, you know, maybe Tremaine Edmonds or possibly Rashawn Evans. The good thing I would say about the way this board plays out is with Buffalo needing a quarterback right behind Miami at 12, Arizona and the Saints both being teams that need quarterbacks, this might be a scenario where we start talking about that trade down. We kind of wanted to avoid this season, but with Josh Rosen still on the board, with Lamar Jackson still on the board, this may be the chance for Miami to look back behind them and get somebody to package a little something extra to come up to that 11th spot and let Miami drop back, accumulate a few picks, and really do something special here. There are a couple of – there'd be so many things running through my head right now if this is how the board unfolded. Number one, Josh Rosen is my top-rated quarterback in this draft. I think his accuracy is fantastic. 20 years old, I don't make a big of a deal of his personality as other people do. Comes off as a dick to a lot of people. Well, you know, you think Tom Brady's not a dick in the locker room? I, I guarantee you that he is. I mean, so I like Rosen, but I, I don't think that they will draft a quarterback in the first round. With how they committed longer to Tannehill and how they've really set up the offense by getting these slot receivers and Amendola and Albert Wilson that seem to fit Tannehill better. I don't think they're going quarterback. So a trade down could be a possibility. And also another way I look at it too, Paul, is if Josh Rosen falls to this pick at 11, if he slides all the way down with his talent, I really am starting to think that so many other teams really reach that same conclusion that he might be a problem. He may not have the maturity. Maybe the concussion problems are an issue. But I'm going to stick with my uh, board here at number 11 because we don't have trade downs in this. The pick for the Dolphins is Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker out of Virginia Tech, son of former Miami Dolphins tight end Farrell Edmonds, incredible athlete, 6'5", 250. He's only going to be 19 years old, turns 20 the week after the draft. 
a lot of upside with this kid, a lot of places to go with him, both as a pass rusher and in the middle of the Dolphins defense. So he is the pick at number 11. And even in a worst case scenario, I'm still moderately happy with the pick here. Who do you have at number 12? Well, I'm just going to back you a little bit there on number 11. And if, if I had been selecting for the Dolphins, Tremaine Edmonds would have been mine as well. I think for the Bills here at number 12, they're absolutely elated for, about Josh Rosen still being on the board for all the reasons that you mentioned. I think they were looking to trade up. They may trade up come draft day. I think they're looking at it as if the top four go, they may go Lamar Jackson here, who I do think is actually a lot better quarterback than he's getting credit for at this point. But as far as they're concerned, like you said, Josh Rosen being the most talented quarterback in those top four or five guys really is going to be the Bills pick here. And I'm going to hate seeing him up in Buffalo because they finally get their quarterback. Yeah. And and another point to make real quick too, is that the Dolphins have a lot of incentive, extra incentive to trade down where if Arizona or Baltimore at 15 or 16 are interested in Rosen, there's real good incentive to swap those picks. And then the other side of that, if the Bills really like Rosen that much, I think it would take some balls for them to stand pat at 12 and hope that he falls to that spot. Number 13, the Redskins could go a lot of different ways. You know, you've got both defensive tackles on the board. They've got a need there. A pick, a player I always had going to them, though, is Darius Geis, the running back out of LSU. They, they've had a lot of bad luck in recent years at running back. You look at, at Matt Jones and Rob Kelly. Samaja P. Ryan, the fourth rounder last year, did pretty well. But with Alex Smith, he really needs a receiving threat at running back. Even though Geist didn't catch a lot of passes in college, he projects very well doing that to the next level. And when you look at the immediate impact running backs can create, I think that this is the pick that's going to create the most impact for a team that does need some playmakers after losing Kirk Cousins. This next pick here at 14 for the Packers. The Packers are an odd team. They don't really have any dire needs along either side of the ball. They're a team that can really go with the luxury picks here. And and I think they could, based on how this board played out, surprise a lot of people with the guy I'm about to say. But given the fact that Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone last year and they were kind of stuck stuffing people into the role, uh, they brought him back and then put him back out again. And, and really, he's not getting any younger as talented as he is. I think Lamar Jackson is a guy that could come into Green Bay, sit a year or two two behind Aaron Rodgers, learn from him, who Aaron Rodgers, I know a lot of people don't think of him as this, is a lot more mobile quarterback than he gets credit for, and really allow Green Bay, once Aaron Rodgers does move on, to be able, or if he gets hurt again, to be able to possibly not skip a beat and have Lamar Jackson come in. So Lamar Jackson is a pick here at 14. Wow, I, I would be shocked uh, in, in a couple of reasons. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is getting in his mid thirties. Um, they did also trade for Deshaun Kaiser, and they've got Brett Hundley, so they've got some developmental, developmental quarterbacks too. Probably not as talented as Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised, but very interesting. Uh, stranger things have happened uh, in the NFL draft. That's for sure. Number fifteen. Another team with a lot of needs, cornerback and offensive tackle, they, they've really got their pick of the litter, you know, other than Denzel Ward. 
and I, I see them going the offensive tackle route. And Mike McGlinchey is the pick here. Can play left tackle, can play right tackle. All they've got at that right tackle position is Andre Smith, who's been hit or miss every year, really, since he's been drafted. And they've got to keep Sam Bradford healthy. And with five quarterbacks off the board now, McGlinchey is the pick, uh, really forms a bookend tandem for the next uh, seven to eight years with D.J. Humphreys. This next one's an odd one just because of the number of quarterbacks that have already gone in the, in the first round of the draft. And I know this is a guy – that doesn't get mentioned very often, but is, is decently up there on a lot of a lot of boards. And it might be a little bit of a reach here, but the Ravens have been linked a lot to this guy. The, you know, if you go off Jason Lick and Flora, uh, several other different beat writers out there. And Mason Rudolph, the quarterback from Oklahoma State, it's I think the Ravens would try to trade back and still try to get the guy, but we're not doing trade downs here. And locking a quarterback up in the first round, having that fifth-year option is huge. Joe Flacco has not been the Joe Flacco most people associate him with. This could be the scenario that they'd go ahead and they they bite the bullet, reach a little bit, and grab Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. Interesting. Yeah, and if Lamar Jackson goes in the top 15 picks, it it shoves Mason Rudolph up the board, too, and that's a good observation, too, with that fifth-year option. Joe Flacco hasn't been getting it done, that's for sure. 17, you've got a lot of different choices here for the Chargers. I I would think that they would be elated at this point to see Leighton Vanderash still on the board at middle linebacker. He reminds me, he's he's getting a lot of comparisons to uh, Brian Urlacher, the former Hall of Fame Bears uh, linebacker. Six foot four, 256 pounds. Made a lot of big plays at Boise State. And kind of a late comer, but he also allows them to, to push Denzel Perryman a little bit to the outside to strengthen a couple of different positions. But with, with Van Der Esch and, and Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the front seven, they really can, can put some heat on the quarterback, too. This is an odd scenario for the Seahawks. You know, we all know Pete Carroll loves his defense. The Legion of Boom has been absolutely decimated in the secondary which means they could look to go possibly a Josh Jackson. You look at the linebacker core, Rashawn Evans is still sitting out there, and he's a guy that really fits that Pete Carroll mold. But in the, at the end of the day, one of these guys that's considered a top 10 talent by a lot of folks has a little bit of an attitude issue, pushes the pocket from the middle and makes the guys behind him better. Vita Villa, uh, the huge, massive pass-rushing defensive tackle, is the pick here for Pete Carroll. He's a Pete Carroll guy, and it just makes way too much sense here. Dallas at number 19, it's been a lot of talk this offseason about Des Bryant. I mean, he's a couple of years removed from those Pro Bowl seasons, and the number one consensus wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, still on the board. He's the pick. I'm going to go with, with Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from Alabama at number 19. The Lions, I think, are going to be absolutely pissed with the way you drafted already. The fact that you grabbed Darius Geis early, I think he's a guy that the Lions are eyeing here. And and given the way that everything played out, I think the Lions are going to go ahead and and throw their hands up and and try to fix their offensive line a little bit, considering they've got a massive hole at left guard. Obviously, Quentin Nelson's off the board, but Isaiah Wynn, the guard out of Georgia, is still out there, and he's a guy that can come in, start from day one, and help get this line back together for these guys. 
At 21, the Bengals' offensive line has been an absolute train wreck for them, really, over the last couple of years, but more so last year. I mean, now this offseason, they acquired Cordy Glenn from the Bills, and they've also got a big hole at center where they lost Russell Russell Bodine to Buffalo and free agency. So a little bit of a reach here at 21, but I'm going to give them Iowa, Iowa center uh, James Daniels. For Dolphins fans, very similar to Mike Pouncey. I mean, he's got better fit in a zone blocking scheme. He's only 20 years old, so he can really grow up here throughout the offensive line. I don't think the Bengals are, are finished with their offensive line. James Daniels is the pick of 21. At 22, the Bills actually lost Preston Brown this offseason, and they really have a need at linebacker. They've got needs all over the field. They could go wide receiver here. They could go offensive line. But with Rashawn Evans out of Alabama still out there, I think he can come in, plug and play, take the role of Preston Brown, and really help Buffalo on the defensive side of the ball moving forward. 23, the New England Patriots. Cornerback, they, they've got to be very happy to see Josh Jackson and Mike Hughes still on the board. Yeah, and offensive line, they've still got Colt, Connor Williams, Colton Miller out there. I'm going to give them Colton Miller the tackle from UCLA. Oddly, compare is very similar in comparison to Nate Solder when he came out of Colorado in 2011, where Solder wasn't quite a finished product, but he, he was six foot nine, had the length, had the talent, and I think the Patriots' strategy at offensive tackles, if you've got the tools, then we can make a heck of a good player out of you. I can't see them going getting out of the first round without addressing the offensive tackle spot. The Carolina Panthers are ecstatic to see the Patriots pass on Josh Jackson here. I think they run up to the podium and try to start building that secondary, which has been a bit of a weak spot for them. I know they've had a rotating chair at corner on and off for a couple of years now, and getting Josh Jackson in is just going to solidify their secondary moving forward. At 25 with the Titans, this would probably be my favorite pick of the first round if the board fell this way. Harold Landry, the outside linebacker from Boston College, is a player I would love for the Dolphins at number 11 if they weren't so stacked at the defensive end spot. This is a player who I think has top five, top ten ability all day. If you look at his 2016 season, it was incredible. He had seven forced fumbles, 16 and a half sacks, absolutely dominant. Had an injury this past year, so took a little bit of a step back, and he was double teamed a lot. So he didn't have a great final season at Boston College and probably should have come out last year. But he moved to outside linebacker with Tennessee. Brian Arakbo is getting up there in years. Derek Morgan is heading into his eighth year, too. So they need some fresh fresh blood out there, especially with how big of a disappointment Kevin Dodd has been at that, at that position. Great value here for the Titans. I think for the Falcons, they need some help along that defensive line. They could go edge. They could go in the middle. I think with this pick, they take the big guy out of, out of Florida. They go Taven Bryan and, and really – the Falcons' defensive line needs the help. He's he's starting from day one, and that's what you need out of your first-round pick, and I think he fills a need for the, for the Falcons, the Taven Bryan. 27, the Saints are a team that can go a lot of different ways, don't have a lot of needs, probably, probably not any needs. So with the value, they, they see Jair Alexander, the cornerback from Louisville, on the board, and they make it an easy selection. And he could very easily go in the top 10, top 15 picks in this draft, 
he easily becomes their third cornerback pretty quickly. He gets on the field for 70, 75% of def- defensive snaps as a rookie. The Steelers are a team that could go a number of different directions. I know they made it deep into the playoffs last year. They may or may not get Levy and Bell signed to a long-term deal, and there's not really a running back out there on the board, unfortunately, for them, the way the board played out. I know that they do have a tendency to love their linebackers. They love their pass rushers. But I think they want to get a little more offensive weapons uh, out, out on the field here. And I think they look at, with Christian Kirk still available, I think they still go with this pick. And they take DJ Moore out of Maryland, who's shooting up draft boards right now and really just ridiculously talented at the position. So DJ Moore is, is going to uh, Steelers. That'd be interesting. I mean, they, they would have a lot of receivers out there, I'll tell you that. Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster. But, yeah, DJ Moore could go anywhere in the first round. And he's it's it's starting to seem like he's pulling away to be that, that number number two receiver in this draft. At 29, the Jaguars, it's shocking to say that they really don't have a lot of needs, but they don't. So when they look at, the, at, at what they could potentially add to their roster to make their team a little bit better this year, you've got to look at, at Dante Jackson, the cornerback from LSU, even though it's a little bit of a reach. He's a player that can step into this defense and possibly get four or five interceptions as a rookie. And, you know, A.J. AJ Boyer and Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback, very good. But they did lose Aaron Colvin to the Texans this year. So they do have to replace that nickelback. Dante Jackson steps right in there. But they could also go tight end position, too, because you've still got those really those top four tight ends still on the board here at 29. Yeah, I thought about the tight end position when I was looking at Jacksonville a little bit. I actually thought about it a little bit here for the Vikings, but ultimately I think they want to protect their ridiculously high investment in Kirk Cousins, and I think they want to go out and they want to solidify their offensive line a little more. Will Hernandez, the guard out of UTEP, he's a value pick here, and I think he's a guy that is going to step in and help keep keep Kirk Cousins upright, which when you invest that much in a quarterback, you want to protect them at. Number 31, back to New England, very interesting. They took Colton Miller with the number 23 pick. I, I've got to think that they go back on the defensive side of the ball, the ball here, and they've got to be elated to see Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama here. Defensive tackle is not a huge need for them, but – this is a player that they plug right into the middle of their defense, can just flat out get the job done, and only 20 years old as well. I mean, I remember when they took Vince Wolfort back in 2004, lined up, and he, he played 10-plus years for them. They could get that same type of production out of, out of Deron Payne. Deron Payne was actually going to be my selection for the Eagles. They're a team that really doesn't have needs. It, it's, it's crazy looking at that roster. For me – because of the fact that Deron Payne came off the board at 31. I think the Eagles are going to do what the Eagles like to do and build up that tight end stable after losing a couple of guys this offseason. And I think they're going to go out and they're going to snag Mike Gesicki. I think he may not be my favorite tight end in the draft, but I know he's the highest rated one on a lot of draft boards out there. And I think he's a guy that could come in. He's not going to be asked to do everything. And he's going to get that chance to thrive with all the other weapons that the Eagles have out there on the field. So Mike Isicki is going to be out there 
playing for uh, defending Super Bowl champs. You know, Gaisicki is not a player I like for the Dolphins, but I do like him for the Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Eagles because they lost Trey Burton, and Burton was really emerging as a pass catching tight end. And if you put Gaisicki in that role, I think that's perfect. They've also he's also kind of like a big receiver, and they're a little bit deficient at the wide receiver position. So, very good pick there to end the first round. So, Paul, the Dolphins come away with. In this mock draft, Terrell Edmonds at that number 11 pick, even though the board didn't really unfold the way that we wanted to for the Dolphins. So taking a look here at the Dolphins draft board heading into day two, I can't see any way that I'm not going to be elated with a lot of these players that are still available. Who are just a couple of guys that jump out at you as, as ones you're still very interested in at this spot? Two major ones for me. Uh, uh, anybody that's listened to our show thus far this offseason knows I'm a huge Dallas Goddard fan. Uh, I know he's been in for a visit with the Dolphins. He's still sitting out there. We only had one tight end come off the board with pick 32 here. So he's a guy they could look at in, in the second round. Hayden Hurst is another tight end that seems to be sliding up and down draft boards as far as end of the first to somewhere in the third. So he could be a guy that they glance at. Uh, they're probably not going to go linebacker after going linebacker round one. So any of those guys you can take out of the equation. Another guy, and crazy enough, he'd be probably for depth at this point if if Kenny Vaccaro is indeed signing with the Dolphins. But Justin Reed, the safety out of Stanford, is a guy that I know you've been high on, I'm a little bit high on, and he's still out there. So there's a handful of guys really for round two in addition. Yeah, I've I've got some clear cut guys here. Is Justin Reed would have to be the number one on my board. His versatility at cornerback and safety and his upside, he's only twenty one years old, had five picks last year for Stanford. Dallas Goddard would be number two on my on my board. I think he has real potential to be an inline in addition to his great receiving skills, you know, twenty four hundred plus yards in his final two years of college. But also Unlike uh, Mike Gusecki, I think he can actually put his hand in the dirt and do some blocking, which is going to be needed for the Dolphins at tight end. And also Mark Andrews, I think, fits that same same mold. I think he's a little more refined than Goddard at tight end, but may not quite have the immense tools and the immense upside that, that Goddard brings. Also would love Maurice Hurst at 42. I mean, if you on third down, if you could – have him line up with Jordan Phillips, Cameron Wake, and Robert Quinn. Man, you you can really get to the quarterback with your top four guys. And finally, uh, not a huge position need, but Billy Price is one of my favorite players in this draft. At center or guard, I think this is going to be a five, six-time pro bowler. And when you start talking about that type of production, I would be more than happy to take a player like that at 42. So, the second round has to be my favorite round for the Miami Dolphins. We'll see how that ends up going. So that will do it for our first-round mock draft with specific interest on the Miami Dolphins. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. And if it's not on the right side, that's not on the left side. It's on the fifth side. So, Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. Listen, the 
Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.